Hi everybody, it's me Essence and I'm back again for another episode of Bible Study because there is so much tea to be spilled in the Word of God. So yeah, that sounds funny, but I hear all the time that the Bible is so boring and I'm like, have you read the same Bible that I read? Like sure, there's some parts in there that can kind of lose you because it's extremely detailed, like when they're talking about like genealogy and everything. But when you hear the stories in the Bible and how stuff really went down and the people that God used, there's nothing boring about it. It's like boring where? So I have been led by God in my um, prayer time. I feel like this is something that I should move forward with. And it's just been pressing for a period of time. So I am out of obedience doing this. And I actually enjoy it. We're only in our second episode. And so today we are talking about Genesis 3. And I mean, everybody, even like a lot of people who don't even really know what went down in the word of God. I feel that they kind of know the story of Adam and Eve or bits and pieces of it. So to dive deeper into it, right? So like when I'm studying and preparing for everything, I'm like, oh my God, God, you're so amazing. Like the things that you've done for us and the things that you did like all the way back then, like in the very beginning, setting things up for us for even now, like he's so, he's God, right? And so um, as I'm diving into this, I'm super excited about what God will do through this study. And I'm calling it Bible study because I'm spilling the tea on the word of God. Like we are sharing this dramatic field Bible that used the ratchetest of the ratchetest people. And it's letting you know that God can use anybody, including you and I, you and me, you and I, us. He can use us no matter where we've been or what we've done. God is able. Okay. So it doesn't matter how far gone you think you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God is a forgiver. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is a reviver. And he is the one who says things are done. Okay. So if you're, if you still have breath in your body, then God is still able, but let's get on here because we need to get started. So today we're talking about Bible. Um, I'm sorry, Genesis three last episode, which was episode one, we talked about creation of Adam. So the creation of man and how God like breathed into his nostrils, formed him in the dirt, breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living being. Then God gave him assignment. He put him in, in charge of um, the Garden of Eden. And all he really had to do was maintain what was happening, right? So like the the garden was already the rivers of were already gar, um, watering the garden like all he had to do was just be over it and then he had specific instruction you, he wasn't supposed to him and so if instruction came to him and then he got his help um it would also apply to her uh they weren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil so that's where we left off and the very last verse was um, they were naked and unashamed. So they had never done anything wrong. They had nothing to hide. They were blameless. They had no shame. So it was all good, right? Everything was perfect. They had access to everything they needed. They didn't have to like work a hard job for it. They just had to live life and live their best life. Okay. And so the very last verse was showing that they were naked and unashamed, which is amazing, right? It's like the complete vulnerable state and had no shame in it. And so today, this, whenever you're watching this, is going to be Genesis 3. So this is when the stuff really hits the fan. This is when it really goes down. This is when you guys know what happened, like when we blame Eve and Adam for the destruction of mankind. So um, let's pray 
then we're going to read some word and get on into this. Now, remember, it's a Bible study. So it's okay if you have comments to put your comments um, of like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Or, you know, that's some messed up stuff. How Eve? it's okay. Now, remember, though, the comments is not a place for you to bash. Like if you don't believe the word of God, um, I pray for you that, you know, you come to know the true and living God and that you uh, you he deals with you in that sense. But um, this is a place of love and kindness. And we're not doing any of that hate speech. Because I will block you or delete it or whatever I need to do. So, all right, let's start out with prayer and then we're going to move forward. So, dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another day. Thank you for allowing us to really get into the Bible and study what really went down, Father God, because people sometimes think that people who proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior are perfect people, but we know that's far from the truth. So, I pray that people open their eyes and see things differently through this study and that you are glorified in everything that we do. If it, there's anything that we miss the mark in, Lord God, I pray that you bring it to um, the forefront, um, allow us to uh, seek counsel, seek you, and I pray you correct it. Lord, we pray you have your way in the study and that people's lives are truly changed. My life is truly transformed and changed because of your word. So we give your name, glory, honor, and praise, and we pray that you are all up in this. Holy Spirit, move, have your way, and touch whoever and whomever you need to touch, including myself. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So happy whatever day you're looking at this. I hope that this word is fun for you. I hope that we have a good time. Sorry, I don't know how this lighting is, but I do know that my window is open but it's on this side of me and then I got lights on this side of me and here and here so I'm learning um it is what it is so glory be to God Genesis 3 so I took notes you're gonna see me looking down and then we're gonna read the Bible and we're gonna go through scriptures and then we're gonna talk about it go through scriptures and talk about it so I hope you're hanging with us till the end oh and before I get started like subscribe share and hit that notification bell. So whenever we go live or whenever we, me, us, this channel, whatever, whenever I go live, you're able to um, be notified, okay? So then you can share it and like it and subscribe to it. Um, also, uh, my husband and I have a podcast. It's called Love and Honor. And it is like our target or like what we're doing is it's like a kind of vlogish, but it's a podcast. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have a YouTube channel and it's Love and Honor. Um, we, t we talk about things relating to family, marriage, parenting, and life in general. So right now we're kind of talking about things that we're experiencing um, with me being unemployed and laid off and like things that God have been speaking to me and lessons we're learning um, and so on, yada, 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 and so forth and whatever else God gives us to share. So I hope you guys are able to check that out as well. Okay, so let's get into it. So just a little... some. Um, I gave you a little recap, a little, little taste. So if you want to hear more, go to the first episode. Okay. But Genesis two just closed out about the two becoming one flesh. Um, they're in this life thing together. So I'm talking about the woman and the man, Adam, that got created. They are naked and unashamed, having nothing to be ashamed of. So I kind of said that. Um, so let's start with Genesis three, verse one. And please don't mind me referencing my notes if you do then okay now verse three i'm sorry chapter three verse one now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman 
Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Satan wasn't just messing with them. Okay. So you, I got to give you background. So let's go before, because, okay, we know the enemy, he's, you know, out to get us. He's down to steal, kill and destroy. Like that's what his, his purpose is. Like that's what he's created. His motives are is to steal, kill and destroy, to thwart the plans of God, the will of God, and to make us fall because it's really like a vendetta. He's after God. Okay. So if you, if I'm going to turn to, um, revelations 12, nine through 12, and just give you a little background. So we know like kind of where it came from. And it's funny because you have to go not funny, but I just say that word. Um, you have to go to the end to see what's happening in the beginning. It's interesting. So we're going to go to revelations 12. And if you have your Bible, you can turn with me or not. You can just hear me, um, read it. But Revelations 12, verses 9 through 12, and it reads, I'm going to read it to you. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accusers of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death therefore rejoice O heavens and you who dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So the enemy is busy. He has all kinds. He, he has all kinds of plans and attempts, you know, to thwart God's plans. Um, he is full of wrath and he has a short time to steal, kill and destroy. So he's a hater who wants to mess up God's plan. So he is doing what he can to try to ruin things. Okay. So that's just giving you a little background about the enemy. He also started with a question. So when, um, the verse starts, so verse 25, they're naked and unashamed. Everything's good in Eden. And then verse one of chapter three, like immediately after the serpent is over here tripping, he's already cunning. He's already trying to get at Eve and mess with the promise, you know, mess with what the thing that they got going on. So I'm sure we all, we've all experienced people like that, right? All in the business, trying to figure out what the info is because it doesn't seem that he has it right he only has a piece of it and since the enemy only had some of the details he was fishing for the rest to determine how he could cause problems so so he said has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden so let's look at verses two through five and it reads and the woman said to the serpent we may eat the we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You will not surely die. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So in how he stated his rebuttal to Eve, you can clearly see it brought doubt that caused her to question what God said. It brought discontentment in their current state. And the thing is, everything was perfect, but that didn't matter. 
because the enemy made it seem like God was holding back from her. Like she couldn't trust him because he's trying to keep something from her. His statement of, um, that was contrary to what God said were now in question. So his statement. So now she's like really thinking about it. Some things I said out to me though, with this was one, was it not strange for the serpent to talk? Sometimes I feel like that's just like overlooked that the serpent, an animal in the garden of Eden was talking. So was that normal? Now that's just a thought that I had because like, why would it ever be normal to talk to a snake or a serpent, whatever the serpent was? I'm sorry. Cause we don't really know if it was a snake, even though it's depicted that way sometimes. And we're talking, so we're talking animals normal in the garden. That was one thing that was just interesting. So I was like, Hmm, okay. It made me think. Now, the second thing was what made the serpent statement believed over what God instructed? Like, was that their first interaction? Like, did she already, did she trust the serpent? Was he like working on her already building some kind of relationship so that she would listen to him? Like what was going on in Eve's mind to make her think, hmm, you're right. Like, was he, I mean, like, where was that coming from? Was she already, cause the I don't believe she was feeling that way already. It just seems like he planted that seed of doubt. Like the enemy does with us. He plants seeds of doubt. And was this a result of not having the knowledge of good and evil? Because I think we'd be going hard on Adam and Eve sometimes. And we were like, oh my gosh, I would have never, things were perfect. Yeah. It's easy to say, but we have to remember that they were kind of gullible in this sense. I would think. I mean, they didn't have knowledge of good and evil like we do. So you would just believe anyone or anything because the what reason would you have to not trust them, right? Like we know not to trust people because we have experienced life and we know that everybody's not out for your good. But in that moment, sin has never occurred. There has never been a situation where they would be like, oh, that's untrustworthy. Like, yeah, knowledge would say that's contrary to what God said. However, they've never been deceived before because everything's been perfect. They were naked and ashamed, had nothing to hide, right? So they would probably naturally assume that other people would be the, or animals or whatever would be the same way. I mean, we come down super hard on them, blaming them alone for the fall of mankind, but would it have been different if it were us? Think about it. I mean, at this point, at this phase in creation, no one had ever lied. They have never experienced being taken advantage of, being played. Everything they had experienced up to that point would never, would have never given them pause or raised concern because sin had not yet entered the world. They were truly ignorant to deception of any kind. Because then you're like, okay, fine. I get it. Like, Eve, hold on real fast. Let me turn this light on. Okay, you'd be like, Eve, Adam, like, okay. I see where you're coming from. So let's have a little grace for them. So Eve was gullible and fell for the enemy's deception. But in her defense, not having the knowledge of how people can be and the craftiness of the enemy, we would have done, we would have probably done the same thing. I mean, I won't speak for you, but they're a representation of people and we have knowledge and still be messing up. So let's go to verse six. Verse six says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and he ate. So the serpent gave her information that seemed true. She at the surface level sees the tree. She's like, okay, well, I mean, he said that the tree is good for food. And it looks good. 
And it could make me wise too. She was like, say less. And she took from that tree and she ate some of that fruit. And then if that wasn't bad enough, her husband man who was right there with her took, she gave it to him and he ate too. My mind was all over the place. Like when I read this, even though I know, because we know the story, right? But when I read this, I was like, one, even though in Genesis two, Adam was given the instructions and restrictions and authority. The enemy was talking to the woman who God didn't give instruction to. I feel like that was interesting that he was talking to her and not him. Like the one who God didn't speak to directly, but the one who's supposed to help him and support him um, in, you know, the things that he was doing. And then two, so people just ignore or sometimes don't talk about how Adam was with her. That was something to me. The fact that he was right there. Like, I don't know the timeline, but how it's worded makes it come off like Adam was sitting right there or standing right there. So she had this conversation with the enemy. She saw maybe it didn't happen like that. Maybe it was a little time in between it. That could have possibly happened. Okay. That might be, that might be something that occurred. Like maybe she had the conversation and then later she went and she observed the tree and she's like, oh, this looks good, but we don't know. But how it comes off is that Adam was right there. He let that stuff go down. And then after she ate it, even though he knew she wasn't supposed to, because God gave him the instruction, he still let it go down. Okay. So that was interesting to me. Then just like that, he took the fruit from the forbidden tree and ate as if he didn't receive, like I said, specific instruction from God. So it's also, it's so easy to get smart with it and blame Adam and Eve. And I said this, um, for all this nonsense and it is, and like, it's their, and it is their fault because they were the ones who did it. So they were accountable, um, because they disobeyed God, they disobeyed God directly, but don't we do that as well? Don't we do that as well? Has God ever told you something? Because I know that I'm guilty. Place an instruction or restriction or assignment or dream or vision on you or within you. So you have this unction to move forward in something for you and I. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm not excluded from this and then have talked. Then we talk to some hater or naysayer or individual, not like they probably don't even know they're being used by the enemy, or maybe they do know that they're being used by the enemy, but we're talking to the wrong people about something God told us directly. And they're over there hating. They're over there discouraging us. They're over there telling us like, nah, maybe you shouldn't, or maybe that's not God. Or why don't you just wait? When God told you directly, you were confident when you heard it from God, you were confident when he put it in your spirit. But then when you talk to that naysayer, that hater, Jane, no offense to anybody named Jane, I just, it's an example, but that hater over there, now you have all these doubts. They planted these seeds of doubt within you. And now you're over here questioning what you knew God told you to do or not do or to move forward in or what dream he gave you or what idea he gave you or what he told you to do. Because you talked to the wrong person, the person who did not have an assignment from God, the person who God did not give instructions to, the person who has no idea what he told you to because he told you. We have to trust ourselves more than we're trusting ourselves. And then if we're doubting ourselves, then maybe we need to lay that before the throne. And we need to say, God, I'm so sorry, but I don't know what's going on with me. Help me to trust you more. Therefore, if I hear you and know it's you or believe it's you, Reveal it to me and help me to move forward and step out in faith and trust you. 
So that person that, you know, like we'll sometimes listen to that person causing us to doubt what we know God said or believed God told us at the time. Then we over here discontent like Eve silently following a gullible person who God did not speak directly to. That's when chaos and uneasiness comes over us and shame. And then we're sorry, right? After the shame, after we don't move forward, after we're not obedient, now we're ashamed. Now we're feeling bad. Now we're sorry. The worst part of when we do this and are disobedient, maybe not worse, but definitely worth bringing up is we have the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve didn't have that. So we know better. And not only do we have the knowledge of good and evil, we have the Bible. So we see the example. It's already played out. We see how the story ends. We see what happened. We see how they, how uh, that led to the fall of mankind. We see how sin entered the world. We see how listening to an outside voice and, and allowing them to plant these seeds of doubt in our head, what can come of that? And we still be doing the things that we desire to do or the things contrary to what God told us to do we still fall short with the knowledge of good and evil. So I don't know if we would have done different than Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, So let's go to verse seven. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They became discontent. They doubted God's character because they believe the enemy over God. And then they believe, so that's why I said they believe the serpent over the creator and sin entered the world. It was through their disobedience. Um, when you really read this, it says they're not supposed to eat or touch that tree. And they did it. So as soon as they touched it, they're already, when she was letting the enemy plant that seed of doubt in her, I feel like she was already wrong then. It was like already a done deal because she was gonna, she had already made up in her mind that she was about, she started observing the tree like, hmm. Let me go try this out. So the season of perfection, (laughs) it was very short lived, right? It's like seven verses later, like things were at the downfall of man. Like they didn't even really enjoy. I don't know the time frame, but reading it, it's just like back to back to back. Right. But we don't know the time frame, but it's like a (sighs) meet. after creation. It wasn't, it couldn't have been all that long, even if it was a hundred, hundreds of years. We didn't get to experience it. But after eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open. Remember in Genesis 2, verse 25, they were naked and unashamed. Seven verses later, that was over. Now, because they disobeyed God, their perfect life was about to change. Their eyes were open. They were now aware they were naked. So they gathered fig leaves and covered up. Let's read verse 8 through 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? (laughs) First of all, God knows where we are right after they sinned and tried to cover up. Here comes God like God, why not show up when the enemy was trying to get the information to Eve? Like when he was trying to get the details of what you said, like, why not show up then and be like, whoa, you already know what I told you. But think about it like this. If as parents, we can't be, well, I'm a parent. So I'm going to use an example of being a parent as a parent. You can't be in everything that your children are doing. You can try, but if you shield them so much and you protect every decision that they make, like you're the one making it for them, 
and they don't have a strong foundation of what's right and wrong and what God says they should do when they get in the real world and they're dealing with stuff when you're not around, because there's going to come a time to where you're not around. I'm not saying anything happens to you and you're, it's just going to be times you're not there at school outside. If they homeschooled then just in life. Okay. You're not going to be everywhere and you can't make decisions for him, but we know God's a gentleman and he allows us to make our own decisions. He gives us free will. So we have our own choices to make. He needs to know that human mankind is going to be, capable if he doesn't make decisions for them and here we are because that's what I was like Lord I wish you would have showed up earlier but God he grants us free will so he trusts us to do what we are going to do God already knew this would happen it wasn't a surprise he wasn't caught off guard he won't force his will on us the same reason the enemy is running around acting up God allowed that's the same reason why because he's not going to force his will um God allows us to make our choices, but just as God made provisions in the past, Jesus, the solution was planned to come for our deliverance. Of course, that's later, but God is, you know, like as we learned in um, the previous chapter, God makes provisions. Like he knows what's needed before we even know what's needed. He already knew the fall of man would occur and he already knew what he needed to do to correct that. And he in love, you know, had to do his part in sending them away, etc. We're going to talk about it, but God is a way maker. So thank you, God. Okay. So, um, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, if God didn't already know, which we know he did, what was going on in Adam and Eve's behavior gave it all away. Like they weren't hiding anything. Like how are you going to mess up? And then here comes God and let's pretend God didn't know you're hiding and now you're covered with fig leaves. Like something's off. Right. But God already knew. And so that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, so now you're covered with fig leaves. So you're not hiding anything. You can't hide from God, but they were just obvious. And then they're now hiding from God. So um, we need to always remember, no matter what we have done, God already knows he is all knowing and omnipresent. And what omnipresent means is that he's everywhere all the time. So it's not like you can go into a secret room and do some dirt and God doesn't know you're not hiding anything from God. God is aware whether he allows you to do something and you haven't repented or asked him for forgiveness from that thing. He still knows you did it. And then you don't have to run from God and hide from him because that just like further builds, puts a wedge in between you. So, um, that's why we can say God is always with you because he's everywhere all the time. And he, um, so he's everywhere and you or we are never pulling the wool over God's eyes. Um, I wanted to read and then we'll get back to this Jeremiah 23 and 24. So. I'm going to turn there. Jeremiah 23 and 24, it says, can anyone hide himself in secret places? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? So basically the answer is no, you cannot hide. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm also going to read Proverbs 15 and three. And that says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You cannot hide from God. The things you have done are not a secret, maybe from other people, but not from God. God was there when you're over there messing up, when you're over there doing what you weren't supposed to do, when you're over there being disobedient, 
God already knew what was going down. The things you do are not a surprise to him. Knowing he sees all things and they did the opposite of his instructions makes sense why they hid. It was shame. So before they were naked and unashamed, right? Now you can see they're covering up and they're shameful because of sin. So we in guiltiness, knowing we've messed up at times, will run from God instead of to God. Knowing God to be our creator, our father, our comforter, and yes, a God of justice, we allow the doubt and shame to push us further away. We allow sin to justify our hiding. When God is a good father who may still discipline us because good loving parents discipline and correct ungodly behavior. Um, but we need to use these times and situations to learn, to grow, to change, to repent um, in these times and situations. So we need to repent, which means to turn away from like being a disobedient from the disobedience or the ungodly behavior and actions and confess our sins to God. Meaning we need to tell God, Lord, you know, confess our sins, our shortcomings, whatever it is that we've done, our faults to mess up. We need to say those things to God. We're like, I'm sorry, Lord. I did X, Y, and Z. Yes, he knows, but you still need to do it. So we still need to do it. We still have to confess those things to him so he can forgive us and pray his strength to help us to not do those things again. So repent is like to turn away from. And then read, let's read verse 9 through 10. So back to Genesis 3. Okay, and now we're on verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And I read that already. And then 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I think of a friendship for some reason, this just made me think of a friendship where something has occurred and now the relationship is fractured. And then the one or ones at fault wanting to avoid the other because they messed up like they're ashamed or they feel however they feel about it. And so, yeah. Okay. I'm starting to think it wasn't a good idea to open this window, but that's okay. I'm going to leave it for now. Okay. So God asks Adam, where are you? Not because Adam was an amazing hider because we know God is all places all the time. He's everywhere all the time. And he, God could find him, but more so that's like a revelatory question for Adam. It's deeper than where they were in a physical sense. But Adam, in verse 10, answered in the physical or natural sense. So let's go to verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? See, Adam just snitching on himself. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? (laughs) Again, God already knew the answer to the question. Ladies, I feel like sometimes we'll ask questions that we already know the answer to. Just putting that out there. Okay, so verse 12. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So Adam's blaming Eve. He snitched on her. No hood at all. (laughs) Just kidding. He really felt it was her fault. He felt this woman that you gave me. He didn't think about, okay, you gave me an assignment. You told me that I'm over this. And these were the instructions that I had. You didn't tell Eve that you told me, but she made me eat of that tree. Lord, it's her fault, not mine. It's her fault. If she didn't offer it to me, I wouldn't ate. That's kind of like what I got from it. So verse 13, let's read verse 13. And the Lord, 
So forget the downfall of everything that you told Adam to do and that he instructed me. Uh, the, the serpent deceived me. So we're all just victims here. Okay. Adam was deceived by me because I was deceived by the serpent. She really believed it was the serpent's fault. And some people just won't take accountability. I do not like when there's individuals who blame everybody else for what goes on and they never take accountability for themselves. Sure, there can be things that go on in your life that are other people's fault. But how you react to those things, whether you feel that you had a choice or not, there's always a choice. How you respond is on you. When you stand before the Lord, when it's that day of judgment or even just any day, like when you're, when you're praying and being like, Lord, this is what went down. You cannot say it was their fault. Lord. No, even if he's going to handle them, he's going to handle you and the part that you played in it. God is an awesome God and he is fair and loving and he's beyond fair, right? Because he's more than fair because yeah, he's a fair God and he believes in, he's like, um, believes in justice. However, he also believes in grace and forgiveness, but he is a loving father who is going to discipline you. So if we mess up and fall short, he, and not, and not take accountability for our actions. Like how can you have, how can he have grace for us? And we won't even acknowledge that we were at fault, but so I wrote, but when we stand before God, he is not going to ask about so-and-so and what they did when he is um, addressing you, he will be asking about your part in the matter. The devil made me do it or so-and-so did this. So I did that won't make you innocent. We each have to account for our own actions or our part in any situation. Let's read verse 14 and 15. Okay. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field on your belly. You shall go and you shall eat dust in the days of your life, all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So because of like their actions in it, you can see where the the discipline or, you know, their consequences came from. Okay. But that was the serpent's, um, punishment. And then if we go to verse 16 to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your, in your conception in pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So that's our punishment. Ladies, our desire will be towards our husband and he's going to rule over us because look, he was supposed to be, Adam was supposed to be leading. He was supposed to be doing what God told him to do. He was supposed to fulfill the assignment that God gave him. And here comes Eve listening to some, somebody that she had no, up to a serpent at that, an animal that she had no business listening to, which made her question what really went down with um, Adam and God's conversation and what Adam told him. And so she was starting to take matters into her own hands and she had her husband do this. And I mean, he chose to eat also. He could have said no, but that's why he gets in trouble too. And so um, that's why. And then we also, I don't know why the child pain, the pain in childbirth, that's just sucks, right? It's horrible, but that's the, that's what it is. That's what we got. Anyways, I have two babies. Um, okay. So cursed. And then he told, so that was the consequences for Eve. And then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. So because you didn't listen to me, but you listened to her and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake in toil. You shall eat of it 
all the days of your life. Because remember, in the beginning, after God created like the heavens and the earth and everything was done, when God created um, the greenery or the shrubbery or whatever it's called, when he created the garden, he had a river going through the garden. It broke off into four parts. And it talks about that in uh, verse two in chapter two. But he had it watering the garden and he he so Adam just had to like be over the garden and make sure that everything was good. And then he had to he was able to eat from anything there like he could just eat from any tree other than the ones that God told him not to. And he could he could just reap the benefits of everything that was there without having to really put in like hard work or toil anything. And he that was his only restriction was like, don't eat from that tree. Don't touch it. And he failed. So. Um, now he has to work hard, toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Okay, so this cursed ground. And then both thorns and thistle it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Ooh, it's like saying you're nothing. He didn't say that, but I mean, he's like, you were dust, and you're going to return to dust. God is such a great God. We are his creation, and we over here doing what we want to do. But uh, verses 17 through 19 is the punishment that Adam got. So let's go on to verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, not because she was evil. No, because she was the mother of all living. And then um, she didn't get her name until verse 20. So even though I was referencing Eve, Eve did not get her name till verse 20. Before that, she was the woman. And so when he was like, the woman you gave me, it wasn't like he was like coming for her like that. It was like she didn't have a name yet. And then um, after everything happened is when she got her name. So and then verse 21 says also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So for their sin, they were now covered because they were no longer naked and unashamed. So um, God made them clothes. Animals had to die for those clothes because of scripture shares the tunics clothes were made of sin of skin. So the first blood sacrifice was made for sin here in Genesis three, God made provision. And I um, bring that up because throughout the Bible, like the old Testament, you see how people had um, did blood sacrifices for like when they, when they needed to be um, cleansed of the things that they did that we would consider sin. They, it was blood sacrifice. So back in the garden of Eden to atone or to cover the people, um, it, it seems like it's a like a for, foreshadowing. It seems like it's something that fits with like Jesus. You know, he died and he was the blood sacrifice, the the final sacrifice. So they didn't do the blood sacrifices anymore when Jesus came and died for our sins. Well, people who follow Christ didn't do those things anymore. And we don't do those things because Jesus is the final blood sacrifice that covers us so that we our sins can be forgiven because of him we can have that relationship with God and as long as we repent and turn away from the things that we've done and it's not as messy because it is messy but in this I bring it up because this is the first example of even though it's not like oh we just killed him and laid him at an altar these animals had to die so that they could be covered up and have clothes because they because sin entered into the world I feel like that's a little deeper, but that's all I'm going to touch on with that. And then um, 
Now let's go to verse 22 through 24. We're pretty much done, guys. So let's see what how's this this close out. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. He's talking to himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I mean, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Okay. Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put us on hand, he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim, which is angels. And it's not like pretty angels like you see in artwork. Cherubim are like some, they look probably scary. Like if you were to see a cherubim, they're not those little baby or kid angels with the little wings and the harps and all that. No, that's not real. Like if we look in the scripture of what it is, it's like some, it's going to scare you. No offense to the cherubim. At the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So there's no, no, like that was it. Like God made his decision and he did it for our good. Again, God made provision for us. He made provision for Adam and Eve. So man, um, and that's why mankind had to leave the Garden of Eden to now go work hard and put us in a place to one day receive the deliverance of sin that comes from um, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Provisions were made to fulfill God's plans because he's our way maker ever. Um, even when things are difficult, different, hard, seemingly messed up um, all the way, mess all the way up. God has made provisions. You can't tell me the Bible is, is boring. Like you can't tell me the Bible is boring. So in the end of this, before they were sent out, God covered them and gave them clothing because he knew that they felt shame and they were trying to cover up. So he was like, okay, these fig leaves are not sufficient. So let me really handle this for you. He, the animals had to die because that's the only way you can get animal skin. I mean, God can do whatever he wants, but animals had to die. Blood was shed to cover them. So they were covered and then they had to be sent out of the garden and God shared like this conversation is shared with us that God within himself is saying, unless we want this state, them to be stuck in sin, they have to leave. Like they were in a great place, but because sin came in, it messed everything up. And they, and because I love them so much, they can't be stuck in this. So yeah, there's consequences and yeah, things are hard, but because I love them so much, he made a way. He made a plan for Jesus to come down the line, but he had to send us out because we couldn't be stuck in that way. We can't be stuck in sin. So I don't know about y'all, but I feel like this was good. Not, you know what I mean? Like the story wasn't boring. That's what I mean. So if you have anything to add, definitely add it. I'm sharing as I believe, you know, God reveals things to me and with my understanding that he helps me, he provides me with and how I'm led by Holy Spirit. And so I always encourage every individual to read the Bible for themselves, to um, pray, read the Bible, study the word, read supporting scriptures that go along with the word and then, you know, go from there. Next time my lighting will be better because I'm not trying this again because I think it's too late for me to do this, have the window open. Cause I feel like, you know, you see what's going on, but I hope you guys enjoyed Bible study. I hope you experience, you know, whatever it is that you, whatever it is that God had for you in this word, in this message, I pray that you received it. And I pray that you apply it because our goal, my goal is to live a better life. According to the word of God, help us Lord to 
apply your characteristics and traits and learn from the examples and the situations and the mess ups of the people in the Bible. So we don't have to do those things. I pray that this is the best tea that we can study because yeah, it's dramatic field and yeah, it's juicy, but this will save our lives. So I pray y'all, I pray everyone has a wonderful week. I pray you guys enjoy the rest of your week. I pray that if you ever do anything that you feel you're too far from God, you know that that's not the case. The enemy is lying to you. And if God told you to do something, then you need to do it. Don't go seek counsel. You can seek counsel if you want, but remember what God told you. And remember, if you're seeking counsel, I pray that they're wise counsel and they're not haters or people who are trying to thwart the word of God and what the plans and purpose that he has for your life. I pray that you move forward in the things that he's called you to do. I pray that same prayer for me. And I pray that if we fall short, that we turn to God immediately and not let the enemy have any foothold, like not have any room. Okay, so that he can put a wedge in between us. But instead, I pray that we accept the forgiveness that God has for us. We turn away from the things that we shouldn't be doing. And we also forgive ourselves so that we can move forward and step out in faith and trust him wholly. I pray this was good for you. I believe that, you know, he spoke to me differently when I was studying it. And I love that. And I hope you guys join me again. So remember to like, share and subscribe and click that notification bell and I mean, I hope you're blessed. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope you take care. All right. Bye.